Good morning. It is so good to be together. I'm so glad that you are here with us. It's so great to worship and to seek God's face. Today, we're going to be continuing this mini-series on the person of the Holy Spirit. Last week, we had a guest speaker, uh, Wayne, and I spoke the week before and talked about the person of the Holy Spirit. And today, I want to talk about the subject of what does the Holy Spirit do? Let me start with a question or an analogy. Have you ever met anybody and you've asked them what they do and they tell you and you instantly forget what they've said or they tell you and you don't forget it but you don't understand what it is but you feel like you can't ask them because you should understand so you just nod along. For those of a certain age they will remember watching Friends and there was this running joke throughout friends that no one really knew what Chandler did. And sometimes that kind of happens in life. I can think of several people who I've known for some time, and I probably couldn't answer the question of what do they do. And sadly, sometimes the Holy Spirit is seen in a similar light, where people know some things, but but not all the things. And, and it must be so complicated, almost too complicated, they assume, for their understanding. I want today to attempt to break down the question of what does the Holy Spirit do? I want to say to you that it's simple and that you can understand and you can engage with what the Holy Spirit does. We're going to be going through quite a bit of the New Testament. We're going to be looking at a few passages. If you're someone who likes to take notes or write the references down, grab a pen and paper or an iPad or something because we're going to be looking at a few different elements. But I want to say to you, you can understand what the Holy Spirit does and it can and must make a difference in your life. So we're going to begin with this statement. The Holy Spirit assures us of our salvation. Assurance is important. As a church, we recently ended a contract with some computers that we were leasing. And there was a date that the contract ended. And now we find ourselves in this COVID-19 era where not all offices are open. And we were concerned that we wanted to make sure that the computers got back by a certain time because we didn't want to pay an extra payment. We contacted their office and they said, that's fine. I'm sure there won't be an extra payment. We wanted more than just someone saying, I'm sure there won't be. So we emailed them and asked for them to reply back. So we've got something in writing. Assurance is important. And the Holy Spirit assures me and you of your salvation. If you've got your Bibles, turn to the New Testament, and we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 6, verse 11. And it says this, you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. When it says you are washed, it's talking about the cleansing that we miss the mark, we 
mess up. And Jesus, in his goodness, cleanses us and forgives us. The word sanctified means to be made more like Jesus. We're on this journey where we've not all made it, but we're, we're growing and we're learning and we're being made to be like Jesus. That sense of justified means that God has righted our wrongs. This is all made possible because of the name of Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. The Holy Spirit confirms and affirms and assures us of what Jesus has done in our lives. That's good news. Keeping it in the New Testament, flick back a few pages and we're going to the book of Romans. Romans 8, verse 15 to 16 says this. The Spirit as in the Holy Spirit, you received, does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought around your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. I love this. To simplify it, the idea of being not slaves, that analogy works because a slave has to do something for somebody. And because of what the Holy Spirit has done in assuring us of actually this is what your salvation in Jesus means, you don't have to do anything, just receive it. And you don't have to live in fear. We live surrounded by fear and uncertainty and the Holy Spirit aids us and affirms us that we don't have to live like that. And that leads to sonship. That includes women, that includes girls, sons and daughters of God, which makes us heirs and co-heirs with Jesus. This is good news and it's the Holy Spirit that reminds us and affirms us and assures us of our salvation. So, the first thing I want to say that the Holy Spirit does is the Holy Spirit assures us of our salvation. The second thing that the Holy Spirit does is the Holy Spirit changes us. We aren't who we used to be. We are being changed. The Holy Spirit dwells inside us and that changes us. The New Testament writers talked about this in the context of fruit. They said there is the fruit of the Spirit. And fruit's a great analogy. If something is growing, if something is healthy, if something is well watered and getting the right sunlight, it is going to grow and it's going to bear fruit. And you can't make fruit happen. Fruit happens as a byproduct of something else that's going on that's good. And in the same way, when the Holy Spirit dwells in us, one of the things that the Holy Spirit does is it makes us fruitful. And there are some specific fruits that we identify as, wow, that's the evidence of the Holy Spirit in people. If you've got your Bibles still open, turn to the book of Galatians in the New Testament. A few pages now to the right. And we're looking at Galatians 5 verse 22. And it says this, the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and 
peace and forbearance, which means patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are great qualities. These are great attributes. These are great fruits. Galatians 5 verse 23 says, against such thing there is no law. That sentence at the end isn't saying something's against the law and you shouldn't do it. What it's saying is in the context of the Bible in the New and Old Testament, when it talks about the law, in the Old Testament there was this pattern that you needed to live by and it was called the law. What this passage is saying is it isn't based on you living to a particular religious pattern that enables you to live like this. What this passage is saying is it is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It is not your efforts, your religious conduct, your church attendance. It has nothing to do with that at all. It's to do with one of the things that the Holy Spirit does. It makes us fruitful and it looks like love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And that's one of those things that the Holy Spirit does. I said those elements quickly. I want to pause for a moment and now say them slowly. And as I say them, I want you to receive them. I want you to hear them. I want you to consider, do you see that in you and around you? Do you need to give more attention to it? Remember, it isn't you in yourself that makes it happen. It is an awareness that, Holy Spirit, you're in me. I want to make space for you to flow through me. Because when the Holy Spirit flows through us, we're fruitful. These are those fruits again. Love. Joy. Peace. Patience. Kindness. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I need these fruits in my life. You need these fruits in your life. And we, in the context of the wider society, would benefit greatly of the fruits of the Holy Spirit flowing from Christ's church into the communities and the societies and the context that we find ourselves living in. We need this. This is one of the things that the Holy Spirit does, makes us fruitful. And then lastly, something I want to draw your attention to, one of the things that the Holy Spirit does is he gives us gifts. I've said before that children are so good at receiving gifts. We could learn a lot from them. The Holy Spirit is a gift giver. Sometimes we can be distracted by the gifts of the Holy Spirit and fail to recognize the person of the Holy Spirit. But at this point, I want to make a comment that the Holy Spirit wants to give gifts, enjoys to give gifts, and wants us to receive an exercise and and act and apply the gifts that he gives us. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4 to 12. 
And it says this. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. And to another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. I want to mention those briefly. There are different kinds of gifts, but the one Spirit. Frequently in that passage, it mentions it's the same Holy Spirit, it's the same Holy Spirit, it's the same Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is one and is generous with the gifts. The passage that I've read there begins, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. The word different, our Bibles, we're reading it in, in the English language, but the New Testament was originally written in the Greek language. If you look at this passage in the original manuscript, in the original language, the word different, where the sentence begins, there are different kinds of gifts. The word is diaresis, and this word has two meanings. The first meaning is diversity, which makes sense. There are different kinds of gifts. There is a sense of diversity, but there is an effectiveness in unity when diverse gifts come together and serve the same purpose. It's a great analogy. It's a great interpretation. There is a second meaning to this word that's not diversity. And the second meaning and the second translation to the word diaresis is assignment. Let me just say that and pause. This word different also means assignment, which suggests that the Holy Spirit, who is one, who is generous, who is giving you these gifts, at the same time, is giving an assignment. There is a sense of purpose and effectiveness and use of these gifts. These gifts aren't something that we collect and put in a trophy cabinet, but there is a sense of assignment and purpose, and we want you to do something with the gifts that you've been given. Chew on that for a while. Different gifts, assignment. I'm going to mention these briefly. The gift of wisdom. So many times I found myself in a room or in a group setting, and there's a quiet person who is the last to speak. But sometimes when they speak, they say the wisest things. So may those of us who speak often learn to listen to the wisdom of the person who sometimes speaks quietly. The gift of knowledge. 
We find ourselves where we are having to navigate uncertain times and decisions. May we yield to the wisdom and the knowledge of those who are learned. May we learn from them. The gift of faith. May we not be fearful, but may we be people of faith. The gift of healing. I love this. My goodness me, is this appropriate at this time that we can pray for healing? Miraculous powers. Come on. I like that. I've got to tell you, I am fairly uninspired by the idea of a church without any of these powers, these gifts, because this sounds exciting. This sounds good. This is the gift that the Holy Spirit wants to give us. I want to receive these. The gift of prophecy. Prophecy, in its simplest terms, is hearing from God and then speaking what we've heard. The gifts of different tongues, this mysterious but yet beautiful prayer language, the interpretation of tongues, and the gift of discerning between spirits, knowing when God is doing something and knowing when there is a different force at work and knowing how to respond to that. We need these gifts. I want these gifts. I want you to receive and exercise these gifts. I want you to receive the gifts and I want you to receive your assignment. The Holy Spirit gives these gifts. Listen. I want to make a comment about tongues and prophecy. In the Old Testament, the prophet Moses prayed, I want them all to prophesy. And later in the New Testament, in the book of 1 Corinthians, Moses' prayer was answered. And we are told that all can prophesy, which again, in its simplest terms, is hearing from God. God speaks in all manner of different ways. But I believe that all of us can hear from God and can speak what we've heard. The gift of tongues. This mysterious prayer language is available for all. Sometimes we don't know how to pray. That's okay. In the book of Romans, we read, We do not know how to pray, but the Spirit of God intercedes inside of us and for us. It's available for all of us. So, to recap, it's the same Spirit who gives generous gifts. I want to make a statement about the gifts before we move on. And I want to make this fairly straight. These gifts are from God. These gifts haven't ended. There is no passage in the New Testament where they stop and we follow on afterwards. These gifts are available for today. There is a diversity, but one isn't more important than the other. We need them all because we see that they're unified by the one Holy Spirit that gives them. And then lastly, I want to make this comment on the gifts. The gifts are given up to build people up. They're not given up so that some people could be special or show off or sell or write books. That's not why they're given. They're given to build people up to help people, to care for people. That's why the Holy Spirit gives gifts. Now, I can't make these comments without asking some questions. First one, some questions. Who gets the gifts? The answer is, I believe that they are available for all. The Holy Spirit is generous. Now, I make that comment, and I can't help 
but recognize that there are some people who seemingly have more gifts than others. Why is that? Why does that happen? I can't fully satisfy that question, but I have been considering this as I've been praying and preparing and studying this. And I believe that sometimes the clue might be in that word diaresis, which means diversity, but yet also means assignment. There are some people who I know who have been given a gift and they've received that gift and they've exercised that gift. They've applied that gift. It looks like an assignment. And seemingly if they've exercised it, it's grown and it's developed. There are other times where sometimes someone receives a gift and they don't use it. They don't exercise it. They don't apply it. They walk away from any sense of assignment. And for one reason or another, the gift seems to weaken and dilute. And that's sad. I want to encourage you because I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to give you gifts. May I encourage you to receive them, to exercise them, and to walk with them like you might an assignment. So to recap, what does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit assures us of our salvation, and that is good news. The Holy Spirit changes us, and it's like fruit that you see on a crop and other people benefit from. And the Holy Spirit gives gifts. I hope you've noticed this because I want to say this very clear. I need the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit. We need the work of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. So may we be assured of our salvation. May we be fruitful and may that fruit benefit those around us. And may we receive the gifts that he gives us and may we apply them. May we own them. May we receive the assignment that is given us. Amen. Let's pray. If you're comfortable, wherever you are, Open your hands, open your arms. We do this not because it's a religious posture, but we do this because we will say, God, I want to receive what you have for us. We know that this is God. This is your spirit. Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, remind us, assure us, and affirm us of our salvation, I pray. Make us fruitful. And may these fruits be seen and beneficial to all around us. And I pray with a posture of open hands that we want to receive the gifts that you're giving us. May we receive them. May we apply them. May we work with them. May we be effective and fruitful with the assignments that you've given us. I pray this in your name. Amen.